Well, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time at me, but wherever you are. My name is Craig Hagan, and you're listening to the Rainbow's Weekly Podcast. I'm sitting here with my co-host, T-Mac, Tony McKinnon, on a beautiful February day. I'm not sure if it's beautiful or not. Yeah, it was nice when we came in, but we've been trapped up here in Granny's Attic for several hours now, <laughs> banging out podcasts. So, yeah, I don't know what, I yeah. mean, the whole world could have stopped out there by now. So we have this one Balloons again. falling everywhere. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, we have Josh Pennington here on the podcast. He's here with his family, Angie, and his, his son, Alex, his first-year student. Um, I think he's our first three-podcast person, isn't yeah, he? Yeah. Hey, yeah. yeah we right. should give you some kind of voice. Cliff, get him a bottle of water. <laughs> so, yeah, we're recording our third podcast t- today because we the second podcast, we didn't get to what we really wanted to talk yeah. about. And that is, and we'll go right into it. I guess, Josh, you have a new book that's coming out, or is it already, already It's out? already out. It's already out. We made it for, we, we, I'll go ahead and preface him with this. We yep. made it stocking stuffers at my home. Aww. All the kids, that's all cool. my adult kids got a, a book. I signed one of, I signed your son-in-laws today in class, Aww. teaching. Aww. I, I didn't between. sign mine. I'll do it. I'll come to your office and sign it. It's called When the Heavens Seem Closed, Craig. Thanks for having me. Thanks for Thanks for bringing it when, up. When the heavens seem, seems closed. When the heavens seem closed, and um, it is the the backdrop was the loss of my mom. Okay. And so my mom died in 2011. Um, she fought for 44 months. Uh, she fought cancer and, and she passed away. And it was a pretty dry, dark season for our whole family. You know, yeah. anyone going through any kind of loss. And um, I was reading um, in. First Kings, where the prophet is told there's going to be a drought and um, go to this certain place and I'm going to feed you there. And that's when the raven came and he was satisfied. And it's, it's, it's not very far into that passage where the brook dries up. And it spurred a question kind of in that season where I was just navigating that my own personal dry season. Here the prophet experienced a dry season. And I, I just asked the question to myself, well, why would God send the prophet to a place God knew was going to dry up? And I guess you have to buy the book to come up with the answer, because that's what I spend the time. <laughs> <laughs> Full alert. Yeah. Well, part, and, and I felt like I needed an answer to that. Um, and part of the idea is I believe God sent him there so that he would create dependence on God, not on the brook. Yeah, there you go. And when things don't turn out the way you thought they would, the way you even believed they would, yeah. what do you do? Mm-hmm. It's kind of the other side of the faith. Yeah, I don't want to yeah. say the other side, but the person who gets the miracle doesn't need this book because yeah. they got it. The heavens seem open. Yeah, but the truth is we pastor people yeah. through the dark side, yeah. the dark seasons, mm-hmm. and nobody likes to talk about it. Mm-hmm. I didn't like talking about it, didn't really like the assignment, and felt like it, it took me 10 years <laughs> to write it because every time I would go. And it's not a big book. It is. It's not a big book. It, uh, it was meant to be able to be read in one setting because I did the research of how many books are purchased that are never completed, yeah. and it's a very high percentage, so it's meant to be read in just a couple of hours. Um, I didn't really actually a lot of books I've purchased. I've never completed. See, there you go. I mean, it's something like it's a very high percentage. And I'm yeah. like, I want people to finish the thought. Um, and that is actually another reason that, that um, uh, I even brought back like one of dad's books. Um, I brought it back as, as a slimline book. 
um, because you know, which we, we at that time we weren't producing any what we call slim lines. You know, we wanted because the writers said, "Well, we kind of want one that this this size." I'm like, "Well, a slim line book you can put in your pocket, and most people can read it, like you know, with a 20 minute you know setting." And so, it actually, my first book, Power of God, is a slim line book as, as well. But like I said, um, we live in a generation that doesn't read, and actually, a generation that want to be read too. Yeah, um, that's another thing because you know they want, you know. Well, we call it books on tape. Now it's, you know, on your computer or whatever. In fact, I, I did find out, and I don't want to segue back into online learning again, but um, um, I found out some, a, a student is going through um, class. And so um, my stepson, because of a friend, they ended up picking him up from, um, they're kind of watching him for, for a short time, um, picked him up from school and found out that this this kid was having trouble. She He, go, he has... A, he goes to a, um, a charter school, but you know, so he goes to a place and they have a bunch of computers where they're. So they have a, a person, a proctor that's there, but they're not really their teacher. Their teacher's online, so it's like an online, you know, learning co- center, computer computer lab. And so, come to find out, so he asked my um, my stepson, uh, you know, can you help me read this? And I said, well, you should be able to to read this, you know, something online. And so it was online, um, and he says, well. Normally, I'm able to push this button; it reads it for me. Oh, wow. mm. And you know, and, and this is like a nine-year-old kid or something mm-hmm. like that. Normally, it reads it for me, but this assignment, I won't read it for me, and I and I don't know all the words. Yeah. Now, there there are some issues with the parent not really being, you know, focused in on, on this kid or whatever, and they're doing some issues. That's why he's you know they're watching him. But, but anyway, that's um, it is interesting that we live in a generation that people want to be read too. Mm. And nothing wrong with that, I guess, you know, as long as you require the information. But it's a different society. But but um, my grandfather, um, obviously, there's a couple times where he experienced something similar that, that he was I'm not saying he was mad at God. He was wondering why things didn't yeah. didn't happen. The first one was the death of of his sister. Um, you know, because he he felt that that the Lord owed it to him to let him know that his sister was going to um um pass away, and um, he he didn't or she, you know she didn't get healed of, of her thing now i do know later on in life um his youngest brother uncle pat um my, my grandfather actually came and talked to the whole family he says you know uncle pat's is clo- you know, closer to god he has been in a long time but he's going to pass away and you know you know i mean and they begin to talk with you know that but a sister you know passed away and he he um had an issue with it and so he began to pray about that situation, and the Lord told him, "Don't touch it again in thought life." He mm. Said there is a reason, and um, you know, basically, the Lord kind of revealed to him that that him, it was it was between God and right. his sister. Yeah, yeah. me and her. Yep. Don't, me and don't her. Don't ask me again. And don't ask me again. But don't touch it in thought life because that's what happens when people touch it in thought life. Well, why did my relative not get healed? Um, then then that causes them to start questioning God, and um. Just to give you a pastoral thing, I was in a hospital room one time where we were believing, you know, for a miracle for an individual who had cancer, and um, and um, we were at the cancer research center here in Tulsa, which closed down now. Um, but um, anyway, we were there, and you know, the whole family, they're all. So the family had walked out of the room, and because he had asked to talk to me, and he told me, he goes, "Well, you know, Craig, I'm ready to go." I'm tired of fighting, mm-hmm. you know. I, I, and I, you know, I'm, 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 I'm ready. Yeah. And I said, well, you need to tell your family you're ready. 
Because what's going to happen is they're going to keep believing. They're going to keep believing. You're not even yep. hooking up with your own family. Mm-hmm. And, and then they're going to question my question, why did God take mm. my, my dad or my husband or, you know, and, and all these kind of things? So, you know, you owe it to your family to talk to your family and let them know I'm ready to go. And there, there are, I've seen a number of people get to that point, especially when it comes to cancer. They fought yeah. it. And so they need a miracle. They need an instant miracle or they're ready to go home. I mean, that's, yeah. and that was where, where this man was at. And he did go home, but, you know, thank God he was able to talk to his family. And yeah. so, and, and, you know, that's obviously they didn't want him to, they wanted him to keep fighting, but he was ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's something else. And some, sometimes we're blaming God you know, and there might be, you know, agreement. And so, well, well, I know that my father or my, well, the, it was, it was in faith, but you know, up until the point when I talked to him, you know, he acted like he was in faith, but he really wasn't. Mm-hmm. For me, um, I had to address that own, that that question. And to me, I'm a very curious person, but maybe because of those things that your grandfather had taught about and some things that I, you know, had foundations here at Rama, I never really pursued, and the book isn't from the angle of why did we lose my mom? Yeah. Um, because I, I was like, well, once I, let's say I got the answer to that question. Right. Then what? If I know why, I still got to process all these emotions mm-hmm. yeah. that I'm experiencing. Yeah. So, so for me, it was just about how do I process this in a way that my heart stays connected to right. God and I don't, and I don't lose, I don't lose hope. And so I use those dry seasons, that dry season in that passage as a kind of a metaphor for any dry season that a person goes through, Mm -hmm. you know, that faith doesn't exempt us from challenges. Right. It's what we carry as we go through them. Right. And so that's, you know, I use that as a metaphor Mm -hmm. throughout the, throughout the whole story. And it's very personal. It's very transparent. I say things in that book that scared the fire out of me to say out loud Mm -hmm. or to even write down, um, but thought, well, I'm going to do it anyway in the hopes I wrote it because I wanted the person who is in that dry season that they can know that in the middle of the famine, heartache, drought, that um, any hardship that they're facing, that um, they can maintain faith and God will always make a way. Yeah, because he's faithful. He's faithful. And us, him providing for us in those emotional moments mm-hmm. where we seem to be without mm-hmm. and how we can kind of just just really do that and how I did it and how I helped my family um, to do that and what to do when you feel empty. Yeah. And because the truth is we all go through, um, call it a dry season, call it a wilderness season, mm-hmm. call it whatever you want. I don't find really as I study the scriptures – uh, any of what we might term heroes of faith that didn't have their own dry season, their own wilderness season, including Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and um, it's what you do. I mean, I, I know for me, it wasn't a death. It was a ministry death. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and a transition that drove me into probably one of the darkest seasons of my life. But, And I'm thankful that because of Rhema, I knew how to act. Mm-hmm. And I put down roots uh, in the drought, and um, the fruit of that is still flourishing today. And uh, it's because he's faithful. On the back end of that drought and the brook drying up, 
God sends him to the woman, mm-hmm. the widow woman, and then to this place, and then to this place. And so it's a journey. Yeah, yeah. It is, absolutely. You know, it it's a journey. It may seem close, but at the end of that whole passage mm-hmm. is when the prophet sends out his his um, servant, and he sees the cloud the size of a man's hand. Yeah. And eventually the rain comes, yeah. and that's the end of the story for that passage. Now, it is interesting. I'm going back to the 1950 vision from my grandfather, the Go Teach My People Faith um, vision, mm-hmm. and you know that's the mandate yep. that, you know, that every um, graduate of Rainbow Bible Training College mm-hmm. takes on to go teach my people faith. And, but we normally don't read the whole uh, line because the whole line kind of talks a little bit about you. Uh, actually, he was um, he was ministering in Houston, Texas. Um, actually, at, um, and so he says this. Um, he says, um, Kenneth heard an audible voice from from God saying, "Go teach my people faith. Uh, I have taught you faith through my word. I have permitted you to go through certain mm. experiences, wow. and you have learned faith both through my word and by experience." Now go teach my people what I have taught you. Um, from from that time on, Kenneth had an, an increased determination to teach faith in God's word. And so what happened is there were some experiences that he went through that, you know, cause we learn faith through experiences that we go through. And, um, you know, we all want to have, and I call this, we all want to have microwave, um, drive through faith, <laughs> you know, you know, microwave, it is interesting in, in the day and age that Tony and I grew up in. I'm not sure about, you know, you guys are a little younger, you know, we didn't have microwaves. We have TV dinners yep. and, and, you know, first of all, you have to heat your oven up to a certain degree mm-hmm. and then you have to put it in there for 30 minutes. Okay, you know, we live in a generation now that people can't wait two minutes to put, cook their popcorn, you know, so they're, <laughs> they're and, you know, or their SpaghettiOs or whatever they're going to do. And so they want it immediately. I mean, you know, I, you know, I've even heard people of younger generations says, man, that was the longest two minutes ever, you know, the, you know, we just have to have to pull a popcorn maker out, you know, oh, or, yeah. or do yeah. it on the oh, stove. Yeah. You know, do yeah. It on, you know, I did, I, yeah. And, and so, um, you know, or I, I say, you know, the drive through thing, you know, we're used to calling out our order and then going and picking it up. Now, mm-hmm. you know, you know, what a lot of McDonald's, a lot of other drive throughs you know, they've developed the, the two window system where you go pay once this, you know, pay and then pick it up. And, you know, my point is, is the great thing about it with God, you, you don't have to pay. There is no pay window. Yep. He's, Jesus has already paid the price for mm-hmm. us. But you know what? You we don't always get it immediately. Mm-hmm. Well, um, if, if if there wasn't such a thing as having to wait patiently and hope, it wouldn't be in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And and um, Paul's letters, if you study them carefully, uh, and I've not tried to just you know put this in a ledger so I could have an accounting for it, but it's at least to me it stands out this way. He has more to say about endurance. <laughs> and he, he endured a, 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 lot. A, a lot of a lot of um, interesting oh, things sure that went did. on to him. A lot of dry seasons. Yes. A lot of dry seasons. And, and, and you know, a lot of Christians today, if they had experienced what Paul had experienced, as a man, God had left. Yeah. He's like, yeah. you know, he, he's he's not take this job and shove. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, because I mean, I, I've seen the pastors; they can't go through a small experience, mm-hmm. and much less, you know. I mean, you, we realize sometimes we don't think about because we think about the stripes of Jesus. That Paul went through that five times. Mm. One to five times. Um, well, I, I checked uh, out. He, he had thirty-nine stripes. Wasn't it five times? Yeah, five times. Yeah, that's five times. Five, five times. <laughs> thirty-nine stripes. Yeah, plus left for dead. You know, bitten by a, a, a viper. You know, snake. Shipwrecked, yep. stone. Yeah. Night and day, left in the deep. All that stuff. Three shipwrecks. The Bible on Luke on tells us about one. Really? 
Yeah. Paul says they were three. Scriptorian, ladies and gentlemen, Tony Mack. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and that is something, too. And I, I will say this. I, you know, we have a, a lot of people that they graduate from Raymond through either, either, you know, maybe their associate first or whatever. But, you know, they go establish a church um, mm-hmm. or, or they go take over a church. And then it seems like, quote, unquote, all hell breaks loose. And it's, it seems like, you know, and they're like, man, I don't know if I should be pastor and you know, whatever. I'm you know, because they think it's just going to be easy. Yeah. You know, and and so they think, well, I must be out of God's will. But, but you know, my point is, you know, the thief, the, the devil's not going to make it easy on us. Right. You know, and, you know, if I was the devil, you know, and I know that you were really in God's will and you were getting people saved, I would want to stop you. Yeah. And so, you know, the devil's you know, more smarter than I am. So, I mean, you know, that's, you know, the thing about it is, so just because we're having a dry season or having a tough time, doesn't mean that God doesn't love us or doesn't care, um, you know. And you know, and you know, the Bible says, you know, you know, having done all, you know, stand. Yeah. You know, and then you know, you know, we just keep standing. It doesn't give it doesn't give us anything after stand. Yeah. It does, think, doesn't say to retreat. Doesn't say to, you know, just says stand. For me, it's important to say this too, um, that. Raymond Bible Training College gave me the foundation. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing that I talk about in the book that leaves the foundation of my roots. Mm -hmm. It builds on it. certainly. And it adds a layer. It added a layer for me and opened my eyes that my hope, my faith was in a situation, a circumstance, or an outcome. Rather than actually being directly attached to to God and his word and what he said. To the person. Yes. And that is where I think discouragement, disillusionment, disappointment comes in because we attach our faith to a thing or an outcome that we build up in whatever way in our mind. Well, well, look at it this way. Uh, The prophet didn't experience a personal drought just because the brook dried up. Yeah. Because uh, if he'd stayed there, he would. He moved on. That's right. He moved on, and he kept his faith in God. So he never actually experienced a personal drought mm-hmm. um, for that very for that singular reason. Yeah, had he stayed put. Right. And I think that's the overarching message too. Was for me in that journey, I had to keep on going. Mm-hmm. I had to keep on. This is my journey. Yeah. You know, it's not trying to answer that question. It's trying to answer. You got to put another foot in front of the other. I may be in a drought, but the drought ain't getting in me. That's exactly mm-hmm. right. And yeah. you know, you know, one of the scriptures that I like um, to read a lot over over in, in James, um, James chapter one verse two. I'm reading from the New Living. It says this, dear brothers and sisters, when trouble of any kind comes your way, consider an opportunity for great joy. Hmm. You know, you know, we we got to consider opportunity. Even you know, if something bad happens, we consider an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Meaning, you know, once we go through an experience and we get through it because we, we believe, then it's a whole lot easier next time. Mm-hmm. Um, the Passion Translation is, I like it, what it says. It says, my fellow believers, when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties, see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. For you know that when your faith is tested, it stirs up in you the power of endurance. And then um, as your endurance grows even stronger, it will release perfection to every part of your being until there is nothing missing and nothing lacking. Mm. 
Um, and then it goes on to say, if anyone longs to be wise, ask God for wisdom and he will give it. He won't, he won't see your lack of wisdom as an opportunity to scold you over your failures, but yep. he will overwhelm your failures with his generous grace. Well, the reason that verse is there is because it's in those seasons you need wisdom. You do need it. Yeah. You don't know what to do. That is things, how many times whenever we're going through a lot of, you know, we need the wisdom of God, we don't actually seek it. You know, we seek from wisdom from men, you know, maybe from online sources or, or different things like well, that. And it's in the dry season when I don't know up from down that I need the wisdom of God in order mm-hmm. to keep yeah. moving and make the yeah. right decision. And, and it, it was a journey of me, it was a journey of unstuckness. Mm-hmm. to getting me unstuck because I'd gotten stuck. You know, when my mom died, I'm not proud of this, but it's a reality. I'm just being uh, just transparent and vulnerable. I didn't pray for a person to be healed for a year after she died. Go ahead and build on that because I want to bring that to where we are right now in this yep. season. It rattled me. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is how I got out. Um, and... We, we were in a 21 days of prayer this year at the beginning of January. Hey, hey, before, before we go on, yeah. I, 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 I want to throw this out there because, you know, obviously um, you're a pastor, been yep. a pastor for you know number of years before your mom passed yep. away. You, you came to Ram and got a big foundation, and yep. it still rattled you. Still rattled me. So, so what about, you know, someone who didn't have that foundation, who, who gets their one hour of church once a week or, or whatever? I mean, you know, how much harder it is for them, mm-hmm. you know, because, you know, even though it rattled you, you had some teaching. Yep. Um, uh, you know, correct teaching, but yep. you know, and I'm not saying you know. Obviously, I'm sure you know we've all taught, but a lot of times, you know, when you come to Rama, you you have opportunity to yes. you know to, to hear it over and over and over. That's the one thing that I do appreciate about my um, my life because you know, from the time I was a little kid till you know, whenever my grandfather passed away, I heard him minister over and over. And over and over, and so much so that I, that I could quote his stories. In fact, one time we were counting the offering. We were Bible seminar. Um, we were counting the offering during service. We had the speaker on, and we were over here in the church office counting the offering. And he would tell stories, and I would quote him verbatim um, while he's telling the story um, mm-hmm. because he, he tells tells the story exactly yeah. the same way uh, all the time. But, it, but but you know, but you know, so. Let's think about somebody else. That's why you wrote the That's book. That's why because, I wrote it. Because there's so many other people that didn't have the foundation yeah. and don't have the foundation. That, that's why it would be good to be, and not, not a stocking stuffer, but, you know, a Valentine's president. I'm just kidding. You know, <laughs> or, or, or whatever. St. Patrick's Day. Well, Easter basket. Yeah, so, so let me Easter, say, so, great. so how would someone get your book? Um, Amazon is the, is the easiest way to get it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Amazon is, is the easiest way. It's called When the Heavens Seem Closed, Josh Pennington, and it'll be to you. Probably before the end of the week. I, I was on a podcast and I mentioned about Amazon finding our books and I got booed. But anyway, that you was, did. Sorry, <laughs> no, no booze. Actually, I've, oh, I've done it from different things. Because there's you know, a lot of backstory on why it had to be that way. On, on Amazon. But, <laughs> yeah. but the thing about it is, truthfully, if, if you want to order something from from the ministry and get it quicker, Amazon will get it quicker to you than, than we will. Um, you know, although we'll we'll do our best to get it out there pretty quickly too. But if you want to get it straight from me, yeah. you can send an email to info at morelifechurch.com or get on our website, morelifechurch.com, and you can get it that way too, but Amazon will be faster. Okay, so now I, I know I interrupted you. Let's go yeah. back to it. So, we... uh, yeah, that's why that's why I I wrote the book and um, hadn't prayed for anybody for a year with that foundation. I mean, I know um, this year, 21 Days of Prayer, 
we had the most prayer requests we've ever had in in any single year of our church that came in in 21 days. And I asked the team because I was praying over them, and we we met um, we met every day, um, and co- uh, corporately we met Sunday night and Wednesday night. And I was looking at them over and over, and I saw some patterns. So I asked the team to sort these out by subject, the prayer requests, and then bring them to me. And about about a third, it's on one of the videos. Uh, I, sermon. I watched it personally. I know it, what he's talking about. It's, yeah. I said a quarter, but the you team— You had a pretty good stack. It's at least a third. It's at least a third. I didn't want to exaggerate, but it's at least a third of those prayer requests were something of a physical healing nature. And I'm like, Lord, what's ha- what's happening? Mm-hmm. And um, he helped me to see I hadn't taught a series on the subject of healing since my mom died. Wow. There'd be a message here and there, mm-hmm. but never a series. Things may be woven in, but, but yeah. Not, yeah, never With, left not, the belief system. Not with intentionality. Though. No, n- nothing intentional. Yeah. Nothing regular. No system. No consistent approach. And the Lord dealt with me that. Prayer requests are often the result of a lack of a foundation in the word on that subject. When you see a a pattern of this, it's showing you a vacuum. How's faith come? Well, it comes by hearing. One of the analogies we just covered in pastoral care two weeks ago, uh, looking at the sheep, Jesus' metaphor of the sheep, and just kind of trying to get our head around the natural so we can get our heart around the spiritual, mm-hmm. what Jesus is trying to communicate with our relationship. And one of the things you find out is if sheep don't get a proper diet, they'll have flaws in their wool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what you stumbled on was you got flaws in your sheep's wool. Well, they're, they're telling me they need the word on That's this right. subject. They, right. they need faith in this right. subject. And the Lord dealt with me, do a series and do it now. Mm-hmm. And so right away, I started the series. It's, it's just called I Am Convinced. And we're just going to go over reason after reason after reason, and it's all the reasons I learned during Christ the Healer at Ram Bible Training College through the book, through the course, and I'm just going reason after, and I don't know how long we'll be on it. We're just going to let the Word act as a hammer to build faith and confidence in us. That's good, Josh. I mean, it's it's a, well, when Pastor and Mrs. Hagen came to our church, it's not unique to our church. Pastor said when he does his, uh, healing night on the Crusades, sometimes 70% of the congregation will come forward to have hands laid on them. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes it's going to look the whole church. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. And so that, it, it just it just matters. It matters, and um, it's time for me to be able to continue to pass that on. And Well, you know, and that something else comes down, you know, of course, obviously you, you might have people who just started coming to the church or mm-hmm. whatever. but And sometimes, too, us Christians and even pastors, um, the, you know, sometimes because we know that the Lord heals. Yeah. And we, we know about faith. And some, sometimes we just assume everybody else knows it, especially in the Tulsa area. Um, yeah. Because there's so many, you know, great churches, and, and there are— there are a number of people that go to church every night here in Tulsa. I mean, they go to find a church. I mean, there, there is— some churches having some kind of function every night, and there's people who attend, you know. They ride the rides here at Christian Disney World. <laughs> yeah, mm. and, and so you know, so you know, there, there's a lot of people who are, 
very well taught, you know, whether they actually attend Red Ball Training College or not, but they, you know, mm-hmm. that, and then you come across people in Tulsa that they never even heard of scripture. I mean, yeah. you, know, you know, and you're like, how'd you grow up in Tulsa, Oklahoma without even, mm-hmm. you know, knowing the word? And so yeah. some, sometimes we, we get our, our brains thinking, you know, because every, everybody should know the scripture. I mean, yeah. you know, I you know, sold, I sold enough beer at night. Working at Quick Trip while I was a Rama student to know everybody ain't saved in Tulsa. <laughs> I don't want to say what one of my jobs was when I was at Rama on, online, but um, it was, you know, we we know in here, and maybe many listeners will know, part of the Great Commission mm. to lay hands on the sick. Yeah. Well, if that believe, and that's a word for the believer, and if mm-hmm. the believer doesn't know that healing belongs to us, they're going to go in with the. Well, I wonder if, or if it be thy will, or I hope so, mm-hmm. some of those things. But if, if they have confidence in the word, right. and I announced that, um, I announced it the week before I started the series and laid it out and told them why. Starting this series next week, that following week, which now is just two weeks ago now, we parked more cars and had more people show up at our church than we've had since post-COVID other than a holiday. It's a felt need. And it's February. Yeah. And mm-hmm. January. In Ohio. Yeah, in Ohio. In Ohio. Yeah, I realize, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, brought their kids with them and just came out of the woodwork. It was, it was incredible to me. Yeah. It's, it's incredible to me. Well, you know, and I think a lot of people are hungry, especially, um, but it, it does seem for whatever reason, because, you know, every Sunday we, we, we have prayer cloths, and it seems like our, our numbers have been fairly high here mm-hmm. here recently. You know, sometimes we only have one or two, like the other day, like we had nine or something like mm-hmm. that on a, on a Sunday morning. It was interesting of those nine, a number of people were, it was mental healing that they yeah. had. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and I think, you know, there's a lot of mental and emotional trauma yeah. that, that has gone on, you know, just living in the society we live in, you know, I mean, you know, kids nowadays trying to figure out what gender they are and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's, it, you know, and you have to understand too, you know, us as adults look at that, well, that's so stupid or whatever. Man, when, when you're a teenager, you don't even know who you are, what you're doing, or what, you know, and, and people, and they're trying to, you know, put some of this stuff in your head. I mean, it's like, hey, listen, there's no amount of money that you could pay me to go back and be a teenager over again in 2023. No. no. But I mean, um, they have and a I think tough that's why parents, we'll say That's why parents need the Holy Spirit because well, yeah. It's, yeah, it's true. Yeah, you have to know but how to handle the, these situations. On the mental emotional, it's Luke chapter 4, verse 18. Part of the reason Jesus had the anointing and why he passed it on to us is to heal the brokenhearted. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's what, you know, one thing. Now, I actually did a um, Wednesday night the other day um, on um my grandfather's book, Healing Belongs to Us. And um, the text of that book actually goes back to Isaiah 53, you know, so, which is interesting. I can't remember how many years Isaiah, you know, was written before Jesus even came to the earth, but, you know, it was a number of years, you know, it was quite a, there was quite a few years. um, (laughs) And, but my whole point was, you know, healing belongs, it already belongs to us. We've already been healed. And I had some lady who was actually a Raymond grad, wrote me on Facebook and said, you know, there's just something that you said today. Um, you know, not that I haven't heard it before, but it just clicked T- today. It clicked, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I think that's something else too. And, uh, you know, 
I don't, Angie, I don't want to get back on the COVID thing, but, but <laughs> it does seem during COVID that healing unclicked for, for mm-hmm. a lot of people mm-hmm. that, that know about healing yeah. and that have experienced healing. But all of a sudden, you know, people begin to get afraid. And I'm not saying, cause I do know people who did, did pass away and did, I mean, Tony had a, had a pretty, pretty tough mm-hmm. um, yeah. COVID experience. Um, you know, he survived. Um, yeah. Still you here. Know, yeah. Still here. I actually, well, because I never took a test, and so when I know I probably had COVID, I preached three times that week. Man, I sold plasma uh, when yeah, I got wetter. Yeah. So I, I probably I, saved people's lives. I didn't miss a service you know, because it was after camp meeting, and nobody else was here. Powers in, town. in the blood. Everybody else was either had COVID or was was on vacation. So I, I preached three times a week. I had COVID. Oh wow! Um, so didn't really bother mm. me. And I, I want to point out that I had three comorbidity whatever things I, I i had some kidney issues i was 350 pounds at the time mm. you know and there's one more um that i survived over um, 50 yeah over young, old wow. age <laughs> <laughs> no but but you know the, the deal is is that but i also i mean from from the day that because when we didn't know anything about covid from the day that they announced that i just announced that, that covid 19 cannot live in my body i mean yeah. you know just not i mean um, now, obviously, you said, "What well, you got it?" Well, number one, I, the only reason I know I got it was later on because I didn't. Antibodies. I, yeah, I didn't. T- I tested for antibodies, found out I had the antibodies, and so I tracked it down to the only time I could have had it was during that time when everybody else mm. here, the ministry, kind of got it. But the point is, it seemed many people for just threw the healing scriptures out. I mean, you know. Um, or even way. the lack of even the lack of being reminded. Yeah. Because when you said that about the the Ramagrad, there's a, a young lady, Ramagrad in our church, and I was talking about that um, Jesus was our substitute. Mm-hmm. He was made to be sin for us, and went through several of those things. Yeah. And she said, "They just hit me different today." And it's amazing as you grow and develop how different things that you've already heard yeah. hit you because you weren't at the place where you could hear it, could hear it, understand yeah. it emotionally attached to it, spiritually mm-hmm. connected with it, whatever. I don't know all the reasons, mm-hmm. but she said that. She's like, you said this. And I said, actually, no, I didn't. <laughs> the word said mm-hmm. that. Yeah. I just reminded you of what the Bible said. She's like, man, it went off inside of me like a, like a bomb. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, you know, that, that's the thing. There, there are some times that it, it hits us because, um, you know, we're going through that a situation where we need it. Maybe whenever we heard it, I, I know an individual that, um, that they had my financial management class at Rama said they didn't really listen all, but they took notes. Five years later, they were looking at buying their their first car. They're still living with their parents. They didn't really, so they didn't establish credit. Well, I had talked about how to establish credit, so they went through, you know, my my establishing credit thing. Bought their, you know, their first car. Called me on the phone or text me. Can't remember. You know, just thanking me for my class that I didn't really listen to your class. I like, you know, but they were single young woman and she just didn't really think that she might have needed you know and so um, but it is interesting but you know i want to get to the point like paul at lystra and that's over in acts 14 mm-hmm. um chapter 8 and it says and at lystra a certain man without yep. strength in his feet was sitting uh, crippled from his mother's womb who had never walked this man heard paul speaking Paul, observing him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, stand up uh, upright on your feet. And he leaped and he walked. I mean, you know, I want to get to a point where where, where we're preaching, it clicks for somebody, yeah. you know, because obviously when Paul was preaching here at Lystra, 
you know, he could tell, he perceived that that man had faith to be healed. I mean, this is a man who had never walked from the day he was born. And I was like, pointing out, I don't, I don't know how old he, he, he is, but I was a thought, let's just say he's 23. For 23 years, he never walked. Yeah. And whatever Paul said gave yeah. him enough faith to be able to stand up and leap and walk. I mean, you know, that's yeah. like, you know, obviously it's a miracle. I, I, I don't know if you've ever injured your legs, your knee, your, your ankle or whatever. It takes you a little bit of time to start walking, you know, especially leaping or something like that. But this guy went from not having any, and, and then, you know, your legs are weak because right. I mean, I, I know I, I broke my ankle and for whatever reason, because it was a severe break, they put me in a cast up to my thigh Whoa. for four weeks. Then after those four weeks, they took it down to below the knee. Well, my knee hasn't moved in four weeks. And, you know, the first time that knee moved, man, everything just popped. And it was, you know, I had to go through yeah. some rehabilitation things. And then when they took the whole cast off, I mean, I had one leg that was skinnier than the other leg because they hadn't got the exercise and yep. things like that. But this man was able, while Paul spoke, to, to get enough faith to, to, to be healed instantly. And I, I, I want to see if that happen today. I mean, you yeah, know, that verse that you just read in one translation, uh, just before the verse you started with, says specifically that Paul was preaching the gospel. Right. Yeah. Now that hit me because the Lord dealt with me during this January time. It says that they fled to Lystra and Derby, the cities of Laos, um, whatever, in the surrounding region, and they preached, and, and they were preaching the gospel there. The Lord dealt with me about that and said, if people aren't getting faith for their bodies to change, you're not preaching the same gospel Paul preached mm -hmm. in that text. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, how does faith come? Come, it comes by hearing. They had to have been hearing something attached to the gospel. Right. Well, who's the gospel for? Mm -hmm. The gospel's for everybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Something about Paul's understanding of the gospel included God's will Damn. for people to be healed. Mm -hmm. part of the gospel. And that got un mm -hmm. why does it? Why does he belong to us? Because it's a part of the gospel. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and I think that's the thing in, in the day and age we live in, you know, we want to see a supernatural service where no one speaks. We just, everyone just supernaturally just takes off whatever. And I'm not saying it doesn't happen sometimes, but in order for that to happen, someone had to preach yeah. or teach before that, you know, maybe mm -hmm. other services or whatever. So they had a foundation. Mm -hmm. um, and, um, you know, I think that's some, you know, and then, you know, I, I understand being timely and I understand, you know, a lot of times, you know, especially you have multiple services, you know, you got to maybe keep it under an hour or, or whatever, but there are times that I'm thinking, you know, why, um, I mean, you know, Paul, Paul never had a clock or, or, or whatever. I mean, you know, um, you know, that's I mean, why the guy fell out the window. Yeah. No, no. Uh, I, I've seen people preach too long, you know, or, sure. or, or, or whatever. If, if you preach long enough, if, the, yeah. the, to kill them, you better have faith enough to raise them from the dead. <laughs> but, but but there are some times. I mean, you know, I, I I know for me. I mean, I primarily, um, you know, preach on faith and healing. A lot of times, I'll I'll do a, um, you know, I, like if I do a, a place, I'll I'll go on even if they don't have a Sunday night service normally. I'll do a Sunday morning, you know, church service on faith, and then come out Sunday night and do a healing service, even if they don't normally have a Sunday night because even people come from surrounding places for a special healing service, but. You know, there has been some times when I'm preaching on, speaking on faith, that I can tell that there are some people that really need, and, and so, you know, I might have gone a little longer than I normally would because I could tell that they needed, they needed some teaching, and I only had one shot. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. you know, 
and not blaming the pastor or, or whatever, but you know, so, but it's, you know, we got to get on the point to be ready. Um, yeah. And so, um, but it, if I could say this, it's, it's one of the things you mentioned my family being here. It's, it's one of the things that's excited me about my, my son saying yes to his Rhema journey for first year was so that he can get that foundation. Yeah. And he yeah. said yes to that foundation. And that's so, I think that's so vitally important because you need something when the heavens do seem closed that you can rely on. And, um, I'm glad he's here and, and, and it's been, it's been awesome to watch his growth journey in just the first, I guess, seven or eight months of the first year. So I'm, I'm, well, Angie and I are tremendously grateful, not only for our Rama time, mm-hmm. but now than our kids' time. Yeah, it's and, and it also is interesting too when you talk to a Rama graduate from from any generation or, or whatever, and even from any campus around the nation, around the world. Um, you know, because we have that same foundation that we kind of connect on a different yes. level. Mm-hmm. You know, and cause, and there's some time some people you could talk to about a certain thing that you can't talk to. Yep. I mean, yeah. they might be other pastors in your in your town or in your in your community that they don't even understand. Mm-hmm. And even they might be quote unquote word of faith charismatic pastors and they just don't get it. Mm-hmm. You know, but you have fellow Raymond graduates that understand, you know, and, and I'm not saying, you know, there are some other people who who have followed after our ministry, who've read our books and, and things like that, that they they get it as well. But you know, I, I know that there's an individual that um actually um she didn't really go. She didn't go to Rhema, but she grew up in my youth, our, our, my youth group or whatever. And even from time to time, you know, we have conversations. And she goes, Craig, I talk to you because a lot of my friends they don't even understand. They don't understand, you know, yeah, um, spiritually, you know, yeah. on, on the level where mm-hmm. where I'm at. Um, it's so nice as as I've aged, I've just appreciated being able to be in a room with people and have a conversation with people who get me. I don't have to explain myself. I don't have to justify myself. I just, I can be me and we can have that conversation. And I know when I get around my Rama family, that's part of what I love. You know, I just, Tony knows where I'm coming from, even if I haven't quoted the scripture exactly or what he knows we share this foundation and I'm not deviating from that. I'm just building on it and you just go. So how do you suggest somebody do that? Say, do what? How do you suggest someone to keep that, that community of like-minded people? Well, I would have, I would have Pastor Craig tell him how to, Find Rainbow Bible Training College. Yeah, but, <laughs> no, but I mean, I think even after you graduate, oh, RMAI, yeah, um, camp meeting, oh, that's what coming to the ladies thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the point is, she's trying to say you stay connected. Yeah. You know, Man. We, yeah. Oh, we, have yeah. Some, we have some Rainbow grads that disconnect, and it's actually interesting. We have found out now that um, for whatever reason, 30 is the magic number. Um, maybe it might be 20, you know, because we, we now here at Rainbow, because we've been around long enough. You know, we, we have a 10-year reunion, 20-year reunion, 30-year reunion, 40-year reunion. We're not quite to the 50, but next year will be our, our, our 50-year mm-hmm. reunion. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people, for whatever reason, they don't come back for the 10-year reunion, come back for the 20 or maybe the 30-year reunion. Whoa. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to see. We've seen a number of those people that have disconnected over years, but for whatever reason, they came back to one, um, you know, their 20- or 30-year reunion, and then they reconnect. And we start yeah. seeing them now more mm-hmm. and more at the different things. And, and it's because they didn't realize what they were missing. Yeah. And also too, because the way we do it here at Rain Bible Tra- Training College, our homecoming is actually in the middle of winter Bible seminar, which is actually coming up next week as we record the program. It's going to be passed uh, you know, whenever we, we air it. And because it's the middle of winter Bible seminar. It's that, in our future, senior yeah. past. It's a <laughs> metaphysical issue. Yeah, so, <laughs> so you know, they're able to attend some of the services and they're like, man, 
Mm-hmm. I miss this. So, uh, if, thank you for picking up on what she was saying because I was slow yeah. at that. Yeah. But um, not only what you're missing, but my experience has been not just what you're missing, but that you will miss because there are things that happen when Ange and I come home, yeah. they don't happen anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you can, and I think that disconnect comes from an, an issue of maybe perhaps. Mm, ignorance or pride, maybe maybe strong yeah, words. Some of us just drift. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. But you think you can get it anywhere. And yeah. for whatever reason, God saw fit to connect Ange and I to the Rama family. And there's things that the Rama family, for us, we can't get it anywhere else. Mm-hmm. It doesn't happen. I told you the other day, this just feels like home. Mm-hmm. I yeah. can't explain it. When we go to a living faith crusade, when we do it, it I can't explain it. But that connection matters and i'm grateful and i'm looking forward to for us in this current recording next week for winter bible especially for the morning times yeah and it's i know god's going to do something he won't do any that he ha- won't do anywhere else yeah. And, yeah and and i think that was one of the purposes of of rama um you know not only to come but also to connect and stay connected yeah. mm-hmm. and um we we've seen the ministries who have stayed connected have been more successful than the ones that have disconnected yeah. and sometimes they disconnect because they, they think well they want to follow after somebody else's church growth program is going to be going to be better or whatever you know um you know what is the saying you know, you know run with the one that brought you or, or whatever i mean you know um I know I've talked to dance with the one that brung me. Yeah, yeah. That, that, <laughs> I was going to correct, yeah. but I didn't want to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Whatever. I, I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah. You know, I'm not a dancer. Um, <laughs> I'm not a runner. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I guess I'm not a runner either. So. <laughs> but you know, it, it it's important to to stay connected. Absolutely. And, and we have a thing for for those of you that that don't know called RMAI, uh, where Tony's very heavily involved in, in that, and that's where you know pastors and, and ministers um all around well the nation and the world yeah, you know world. you know come to c- come together mm-hmm. um you know have have fellowships and and i'm assuming i don't know i haven't i mean so right here we're on the broadcast you know you know i'm assuming that during this dry season you probably did communicate with some of your fellow yeah. um rama you know pastors absolutely you know to, to, to seek you know some some help I absolutely mean, you, know, you know whether from from here from home base or whether just other other people, you and, know, and Josh is one of our district directors. Yeah, for RMAI, so he he helps care for. Ma- matter of fact, membership. we had a conversation today. I was just on the phone with someone that I graduated from, and said, "Hey, I think you, I think, I think your disconnection has lasted long enough. Mm-hmm. I think you should reconnect." Well, how do yeah. what? How do you think? I think you should pray about that. And they're like, "No, the Lord's already been dealing with me about that. What do I do?" And I said, "Just, just." Get back into RMAI. Start the yeah. process of that. Like, if you're listening and you've been disconnected, just just reconnect. Right. Like, just take that step and and get back engaged. Well, you know, and I always kind of say if if people are going through, you know, a phase in life or or, or whatever, and their things aren't right, go back to where you were. Yes. Whenever you got, you know, unconnected. Mm-hmm. In fact, I, I know an individual who was a. First year Ramos student, they finished first year, they didn't go to second year, and their life took all kinds of various turns over the years, and and they have said, you know what, I need to get back to where I was whenever things fell apart. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, you know, came back and r- reconnected. Um, and and so um, I, you know, think that's good for all of us to come back. And, and I know a lot of times pride 
keeps us from coming back. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, you know, a lot of times too, um, you know, when somebody goes out in the ministry and maybe their church wasn't successful or, or whatever, we, we, we encourage a lot of them, to, you know, come here to back to campus and, mm. you know, come and fellowship and, you know, and hang out and, you know, you know, heal up. And we've seen, seen people move out to Tulsa and they don't even come to our church. They, they go to another church because they're embarrassed. Mm. Um, you know, you said that about pride and I thought about something. <laughs> I know Tony and I were taught when we were at Rama. A little phrase that stayed with me for forever. Pride makes excuses, but humility makes adjustments. Mm -hmm. Am I just need to make an adjustment? Yep. Well, I mean, and I, takes humility to make an adjustment. Well, I, I know it's interesting. <laughs> you shut the person up. So, you know, my, my brother-in-law, my sister, they, they had a church in Austin for a short time. And, you know, the you know, Lord led them in another direction and they closed it down and came to Tulsa. And so somebody um, come up to my brother-in-law, you know, right afterwards. And, you know, and I, I, I know that there were probably some maybe embarrassment or, or whatever. It said, well, I thought you were a pastor in Austin. He goes, nope, close the church down. <laughs> that's yeah. a, right. That was, uh, okay, and they walked away. You know? <laughs> but, you know, I love him. But it was, you know, it's my brother-in-law's personality or whatever because, yeah. you know, he wasn't going to be embarrassed about it or, right. or, or whatever. Um, it is what it is. Yeah, mm -hmm. it, is, it is what it, what it is. Um, um, and, and, you know, there's various reasons wh why that happens. And, and um, But, you know, you know, like I said, humility. I mean, you know, come back. And, you know, that's, you know, come back to where people love you and yeah. people care about you and, and different things. And, you know, and so that's a. I would say it's definitely investment. It can be of your resources and of your time. And that's one thing I have watched uh, with Josh over the years is he's made investments in relationships. Um, I probably haven't made as many just with busyness of kids and, and phases and stuff. But just that's more pride. <laughs> sure but but i think that 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 is something to say is it, it, it is an investment to to make those phone calls and and to to make those coffee dates or whatever um to make airline arrangements whatever you're doing to to keep connection with other like-minded uh people of faith and it's building with the rama so, family yeah well you know and, and the one thing too that people need to realize is is you know for us for the the whole thing to continue, I mean, we got to stay connected. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, if we... The perpetuation of the mandate requires everybody's participation. Yeah. yeah. And and so it is interesting because, you know, um, Doug one time asked me, um, Doug Jones, he's 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 the head over RMAI, um, you know, how it, it just seems that our RAMA schools, um, for a long time, they were disconnected. I mean, our, our schools around the, the, the nation and myself and, and Tad um, and... John Groomwall and Joe Dunnick, we, we, we put this task force together, and the very f first thing was to establish better communication to each other. And we begin, they begin to communicate with each other. Um, and, you know, sometimes, you know, also, too, um, we, we would have a, we have a monthly report that we put out, and we would ask them to, to give us some praise reports of things that happen on your campus, but also tell us some things that you need so, so that the other campuses could, could, could pray with you about some things you need. But, you know, some of the praise reports and some of the things that say, hey, this is some kind of cool thing that we're doing, it also en enabled other campuses to say, man, we, we might should do that on our campus or whatever. I mean, you know, um, you know we've had, you know, various um, campuses that have a lot of outreach in, into government. Um, in fact, mm -hmm. um, um, I just got a thing from Vidar about some things, you know, some some government officials that, that they're able to to teach and train there. And, wow. Um, they they also they also taught some trained some police officers and all kinds of different 
um, thing. So, so it's you know pretty awesome. And so communication is the key, and I think that's the big thing. The RMAI, and that's why I do appreciate our our district and our, and our regional um, directors. You know, it's it's a big deal to to, to you know keep that communication going. Um, you know, in, in the, the day and age we live in, because everyone's everyone's busy. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and now I do know I know certain pastors. You know, and that they. Um, in fact, I, I know there's one pastor that took over an existing church, and they only had a couple demands. You know, said, says, you know, um, you know, because it was a church board. Says, you know, I, I come to every winter Bible seminar, um, camp meeting, and men's conference. Mm. My wife goes to women's conference. I mean, mm. so you know, those are my. You know, he goes and I, you know, I'm, I want to continue to do that because I think it's necessary, um, you know, for the health and growth of, of the church. And, it's awesome. And so, and I know a lot of pastors. Have, you know, that's just that they just, you know, plan that out. In fact, I had a travel minister the other day that wanted to make sure that they had the dates for 2025. You know, for when Bible seminar camp meeting because they said we don't they were, they were scheduling their 2025 schedule and we, we want to make sure that we're there, we're here because it's it's that important. And they're not even Raymer graduates, mm. but they're here all the time. And so, you know, I think that's um, a pretty awesome thing. I, and that's the thing is you know connection and, and um. um but like I said, even us that have gone through Rama, we go through dry seasons. Yeah, and it is really concerning, I guess, you know, um, when the pastor is going through burnout or or some kind of dry because they're you're the one bringing the manna to, to yeah. your congregation, and if you know if you're having you know issues, then it's really really tough. And like I said, then you know for, for like your situation. You just didn't preach on a certain. You know, yeah. We're supposed to be a full gospel church, and you're not even preaching about part of the gospel because <laughs> of some of the things you you know you yeah. went through on a personal level. Yeah, and it's interesting because we're talking about connection, and um, in that passage that I use as the metaphor, when the brook dries up, God sends the prophet to a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the takeaway there for me is our resources are in our relationships. Yeah. He's going to send you to a person. And there's another passage where the the widow goes and goes to all of her neighbors to collect the jars. Mm-hmm. She must have known her neighbors, at least to some degree, to be able to get the jars yeah, from yeah, them. For there's a relationship there. And this mm-hmm. whole connection thing, when heaven seemed closed, people matter. They always matter, but especially then. Yeah, that's good, Josh. Yeah. So so once again, the easiest way to get your book is probably go to Amazon. Yep. Or, 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 or info at morelifechurch.com, and we'll make sure you get one quick, yeah, quick so. as we can. Yeah, so that's kind of, you know, you might want to get a hold of that. Especially, if some, I mean, I, I guarantee you there's some of our listeners out there that are, maybe you're in a dry season, yeah. or, or maybe you're, um, you know, you just, you know, you're questioning God sometimes, you know, because of things didn't happen like you thought that they would happen. And maybe some of you out there going through those season, and maybe Raymond Bible Training College is, is a place that you need to go to, because you don't have that foundation, and, um, you know, it, it's a great place to get that spiritual foundation, whether you feel called to the ministry or not. And in fact, a lot of people, they come to Rama and they go back home and just volunteer in their, in their local church, um, you know, whether they're an usher, prayer room worker, or, or whatever. I mean, you know, they, they, I didn't feel called to be a minister. I just felt, you know, I want to get that foundation. And, you know, it, it can't hurt, you know. So if you're called to the ministry, that's great. If you just want to learn more about the Bible, or you don't even, there's a lot of people that don't, don't have, they have no clue what they want. They're, they're, they're just searching, um, you know. And, um, you know, some of them have, have been searching and searching and searching and, and you know they come to Rama, and 
by the time they finish their second year, then the Lord lays it on their heart that maybe, you know, that, that this is a, you know, you should go into ministry and things like that. Um, rbtc.org, rbtc.org. And if you'll just go there, um, give us your name, your email, your phone number. We'll send you a digital packet immediately. Then we'll have one of our student ambassadors give you a call. And when I say student ambassadors, th this is someone that is act either a Rama student or they are a recent graduate, you know, so, so they can answer all your questions about um, Rainbow Bible Training College. And then if we would love for you to come to campus, either for a college weekend or just come visit um, sometime. Um, but it's a it's great to have you guys. And I guess this third podcast was actually was the longest one. We've almost wow. gone an hour. Yeah. Um, Thanks so, for having me. Thank yeah. you. Thank you Thank very you. much. Yeah. It's and been awesome for me. Enjoy having the whole family, you know, and and, and I know Angie, it's not really easy being the only woman in in the, in the room. And <laughs> I survived. And, um, she did awesome. Yeah, <laughs> but see, she's it's audience demand. We, we they want to hear from. Yeah, no, we we do have a lot of people yeah. that want to hear from the female You've perspective. Helped us today. Um, and you know, and in fact, a lot of our um, pastors' wives happen to be here, and they won't for whatever reason come on the on the on the podcast. But good job, Eddie. But, but it is good to, to hear from a from a female perspective because. Um, like it or not, that we don't have that perspective. Mm -hmm. um, now you know, you know. So, you know, we're and, and I'm never going to have a female perspective because I'm not sure that that's or a tendency. Yeah, or a tendency. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Yes. <laughs> anyway, here at Raymond, we're bringing hope, help, and, and healing, healing to the world. world. God bless you guys. You have a wonderful day. We'll see you next week. <laughs>